0: let everyone know that uh we got some level of, of expertise on a variety of subjects here on this podcast
1: dan you can edit that out right <laughs> yeah,
2: that's out welcome to joe picks and nfl team in this podcast joe abandoned by his san diego chargers is evaluating all 32 nfl teams to find out who he should root for next season this week we're going to don our cheese heads talk about the team who pioneered the concept of winning the Super Bowl the Green Bay Packers for any first-time listeners out there by the end of this week's podcast the Packers will either Lambeau leap into the Sweet 16 or come up short and be eliminated from contention for Joe's support Joe how you feeling
1: Dan I am feeling well I'm feeling about as good as I can sitting next to Rob uh, which is I'm feeling okay If I could paint a picture before Rob talks, uh, he showed up wearing a Packers jersey with a Packers shirt on underneath and also wearing uh, child size headphones. Are they
2: child-sized Packer headphones?
1: No, they're sort of greenish, but they're not like cheese-shaped or anything.
2: Yeah, I'm a little disappointed
0: there's no cheese head. The cheese head was available, but I didn't want to go over the top with it, so I'm
2: keeping it low-key, two Packers shirts only. Wow. This is very exciting. So, Rob... You are a fan of the Green Bay Packers. How were you born in Green Bay? Why are you a fan of the Green Bay Packers?
0: It's a little difficult to say. If you've listened to my wife's long email, the fact that I have no natural connection to Green Bay is a really irksome factor with her. So uh, I just grew up, uh, wanted to be a football player. Football is my favorite sport. Green Bay was always my favorite team. I don't really know a time when I wasn't a Packers fan.
2: So you've been supporting the team for like, 30 years. Yes,
0: 37 years, I'd say.
2: Okay, so some downs, some ups, uh, lots of downs,
0: and then a whole lot of ups in the last 15, 20 years. It's been amazing.
1: But Rob has the honor of being not just only our second guest on the podcast, but also he's the only person who is one of our categories.
2: That's true. So he can do the category, that category in particular, he just can do it.
1: Even even I'm not actually a category in my ranking of the teams.
2: Yeah, Well, your name does appear in some of the categories, but my name appears in the
1: title of the podcast. I'm not complaining or anything. That's true. I'm just saying I'm I myself am technically not a category.
2: All right, Joe, let's get on with this. What are we drinking?
1: Well, okay, we are drinking. uh, We're 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 drinking a drink called Packer Punch. Uh, You know, I asked Rob, "What do you suggest for our podcast drink for the Green Bay Packers?" I thought, really being a nice host, I'd let him pick. Um, He picked. Milwaukee's best beer, uh, mm. given the Wisconsin connection, what a choice! Uh, which we were not looking forward to. Unfortunately, uh, it turns out that that Milwaukee's best beer is so disliked in Washington State that they don't even distribute it here. It was impossible to get.
2: I went to a Bevmo and they had they had old Milwaukee beer, which is a non alcoholic beer. I don't know who makes it, but they did not have <laughs> Milwaukee's best.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was old Milwaukee, but like back to the Prohibition era, I guess. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Um, a <laughs> L- little too old. That was the last brew they made that was good.
1: So, so we, uh, had to switch over to Packer Punch, uh, which really, I think the only connection to its Packerness is that it's a drink made with green and orange ingredients. Um, ours is a slightly modified version of it, but, uh, apparently it was invented, um, for the Packers Super Bowl against the, um, the Steelers which uh was Super Bowl XLV I'm not quite sure what that 45 45
2: yeah XL would mean yeah 10 before 50 plus 5 hey they won that Super Bowl though so it's good luck
1: so this was invented by someone for that Super Bowl it stuck around uh and this is the drink we're drinking
2: Wow, very nice. You've told nobody what's in it, but it doesn't matter. It's some combination of whiskey. <laughs> it's, green. it's
1: green. Dan, you can see it in the video. No, it's, it's definitely
2: green. green. It's whiskey, yeah. s- sour, mix, something else, sprite. Yeah, yeah
1: what? whatever.
2: Look it up at home folks. <laughs> Look it up. It's fine. We're done. We'll get to that in section twelve. We've got a lot of ground to cover before then. And in a absolute amazing twist, we've got a new section of the podcast this week. I'm very excited. Before we get into the fan feedback, of which, thank you all for, you know, getting off your butts and doing some actual work. You know, this podcast isn't just us recording it. You out there listening have a job, too. But before we get into your feedback, we're going to get into our new section, which is the VIP poll. So in the secret VIP lounge, which super fans know about, regular fans, you're going to have to listen to all 15 prior episodes to figure out how to get access to it. We put a poll where Joe and I have been discussing and saying that the podcast feels too damn long. So I asked our super fans, is the podcast too long? And here are the results. 0%, zero, said way too long. 13% said not long enough. Wow, Joe, we've been shortchanging. Wow,
1: this, 13% of the population. This out massive there of super group fans. of people. Which, I, which I think is probably like a significant enough sample size that we can say that the entire world feels that, this definitely. Way.
2: There's millions of people. Twenty-five percent uh, said it was too long. Uh-oh. And then sixty-three percent, the majority. This the Hillary Clinton numbers here. Sixty-three percent said just.
1: Right. So full disclosure, Dan, I checked out the lounge. I'm one of those 25% that said it was too long. Oh, Mostly man. because it's, you know, it just takes too damn long to record. So I thought this could nudge us to shorter podcasts. Um, and I have to say, love the lounge. It's great. It could feel a little loungier, like maybe a fireplace, some nice... I, there's backed, a fireplace
2: i put a fireplace there
1: oh i haven't seen the fireplace
2: wait joe you haven't even been to the lounge
1: i i i went i voted i didn't see a fireplace there's maybe, a fireplace. maybe 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 my my adobe flash player is not up to date
2: okay well with this in mind that we are the podcast length is just right people are enjoying this nonsense we now have to do joe what should we ask this week we asked if it's long enough. What question do you want to ask to the super fans? What what's our poll question for this week?
1: Ooh, let me think about that. Maybe we can come up with with it at the end.
2: Yeah, okay. We'll go through the podcast, and when when it naturally comes up, we'll just throw that out. We're going to put that poll question out to the super fans. So, super fans, look out for that when you go to the secret lounge after this is posted. Make sure to answer the poll. I mean, that's sending us an email is like the first thing you should do, but literally, t- filling out the poll takes 1 second. So, you got to do that.
1: So, Dan, are you going to tell people how to get to this secret lounge or is it that secret that they have to No. Go if back to the, the catalog. The super fans and already
2: know how to do it. If you're not a super fan,
1: It's true. It's in there. If you listen I mean, to the episodes do you want to give
2: them, do you want to give people another chance? Last this, chance. But this is it. This is the last chance. This is it. Okay, for non-superfans out there who are listening to their second or more episode, if this is the first time you're listening, skip ahead 30 seconds. You can't do this. But if this is your second or more episode, you are now a superfan, go to JoePixPod.com slash Secret Lounge. There you will find a super secret VIP email address to get priority access to the mailbag and the VIP poll question, where your feedback is going to impact how we do our podcast. Wow. Rob, what did you think of The Secret Lounge?
0: Well, I had an issue with your polling. Uh, if 13% said it was not long enough, that is not 13% of your listeners. That's 13% of the people dedicated enough to actually go to your superfan lounge, your VIP lounge, which is probably a small fraction of the people that have actually listened to your podcast. So I wouldn't read too much into those people that think you need to talk more. I've been listening to Joe talk for a long time now. I've never thought to myself, you know what? Joe hasn't spoken enough. I need to hear more Joe. What a Rob
2: answer. You know what, Rob? This podcast is not for the average idiot. The average idiot elected Donald Trump president. This podcast is for our super fans, and it's for the people who want to go into the lounge.
1: But you know what, Dan? I'm glad that Rob gave that feedback, because I feel like having Rob on this podcast is a little bit of vindication for me, because I've been so maligned. You know, people writing in saying, Rob seems like a decent guy. People writing in saying, why is this a category? Hopefully... By the end of this episode, people will understand why I don't want to root for a team that Rob roots for.
2: Yeah. Well, we already know. I mean, we already know what Section 5 is going to be. But you know what? Before we get there, we've got some surprise twists here in the mailbag. And for those of you who skipped ahead and aren't super fans, if you want to send any of your feedback and you want to be part of a future mailbag, send your feedback about the Green Bay Packers, about Joe, about me, about Rob. Send it to NFL at JoePixPod.com. We love We love your feedback. First feedback, and now I will note, this week we got four feedbacks. All of them came to the super secret VIP email address. So good work, guys. I'm loving it. These are priority. That's why I'm reading them first. From Benjamin, love the secret VIP room and the stats. That's all. Keep it up.
1: Short and sweet, Benjamin. Unlike our podcast. I love it. (laughs) No,
2: but maybe he's the one who said it's not long enough. From superfan Josh, who's also our Civil War correspondent, he says... On the in the secret VIP room, they need a fan only discussion forum. What do you think?
1: Can you can you do that, Dan? Uh, no,
2: that's <laughs> be way too much work.
1: <laughs> uh, I I think it's a f- fantastic idea, but un- unfortunately, it exceeds Dan's uh, time and energy on this website.
2: Yeah, I think the the discussion. It's like we want fan discussion. If fans want to talk about other fans, it just has to come through us. So send if anybody if somebody wants to talk to Benjamin and compliment his email, just send us an email and we'll tell it to Benjamin.
1: It's just it 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 harkens back to a simpler time. It's like the telegraph. They send a message, they have to wait, then they get a message in return later. Um, you know, as a Civil War expert, I would think that Josh would appreciate. The bygone era of the telegraph, and and you know I think this is actually uh, you know a nice homage to that.
2: I have listened to one of Josh's lectures where he talked about the invention of the telegraph and uh, how it changed and its importance in the American uh, domination of the world. So I think he'll he'll enjoy that.
1: Did Josh go on to explain Green Bay's role in the Civil War? He did not.
2: Although I don't know what Wisconsin's role is. he'll have to fill in on that. I, I didn't hear it in any of the lectures from Luke. This is a first-time emailer, but he used the VIP email, so he must be a long-time listener because he's he's definitely a law-abiding citizen. I have loved the podcast since I found it on Reddit. You have picked a great method on how to pick teams. I live in the UK and started to watch the NFL over the last year. Unlike you, I decided to pick my team by selecting a random team on Madden. Now I'm a Jets fan.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, so I I wonder, and actually, I, I actually hope that Luke can write back in. I know that when you're playing someone head-to-head in Madden, there's a way that you actually press a button where it just actually selects a random team. So I wonder if, if when he says he picks a random team on Reddit, he literally, like, pressed the triangle button and a random team popped up. And it's like, all right, I'm a Jets fan forever now.
2: But I wonder if what he did is he did that the first time and then played with the Jets, and but then, like, kept playing with them. Because on Madden, it's like, you want to be, like, familiar with the playbook. So right. maybe he just did that right. once and then was like, I'm playing with the Jets
1: and just back then fell in love with, like, the digital avatar of Chad Pennington or whatever. And <laughs> just has, has been a fan ever since. Yeah. I will say the other thing to add, it is notable the number of fans we have in foreign countries. There's something about this methodology that appeals. We need to find a way to tap into that group.
2: Yeah. I think the reason is, I've talked to a few people about this podcast where I'm sort of spreading the gospel. People who live in the U.S. have either decided already whether they're going to be an NFL fan or not. And if they're going to be an NFL fan, they probably already picked a team. But I think the NFL, like especially we see those games in London, is sort of trying to expand into the world. And I think they are grasping a new audience who's like starting to get interested in football, but don't, doesn't have the specific team to pick. So I think, like again, I think we're huge overseas, Joe. I think that's our target
1: audience. Dan, let's go back to episode one. Rerecord with British accents. Let's okay. do it.
2: I was also told my Confederate accent needed improvement, but that was that was not in the official mailbag. Was that from Josh, your Civil War expert? Well, I'm not. I'm going to protect the uh, the innocent here. All right. Now our next two feedbacks are about this team, the Green Bay Packers, and one of these emails is the the most virtuous, greatest email we've gotten thus far in terms of making my life easy. But Joe. Before we get into the Green Bay Packers, sort of shift our focus, let's close out our last episode, the Arizona Cardinals. What the hell did the fans think of the episode, Joe?
1: Dan, I'm glad we're talking about this before we move on to the Packers. So I have a bone to pick with the Arizona fans. Oh, no. I posted this. You know, who who is not an Arizona fan takes the time to talk for over an hour about the fucking Arizona Cardinals? You know what the answer is? Nobody. Nobody. This is the lamest, the deadest, the, like, worst Reddit page I've ever been to.
2: The Arizona Cardinals page?
1: The Arizona Cardinals page.
2: Well, wait a second. We know, Joe, that they're such fair weather fans. So last year, 7-8-1 didn't make the playoffs. They probably just tuned out.
1: There's nothing going on there. I post this thinking, hey, they're going to be appreciative. Let me tell you what I get. Here's some feedback. The podcast goes on for 30 minutes complaining about lack of listener participation, the Redskins name controversy. I gave up and fast forwarded until I found some cardinal material and they go into Daryl Washington problems, which is now old hat, question mark. No one is interested in stories that have been run into the ground already by the media. The fundamental problem with this particular podcast, and I'm guessing previous entries as well, is that the premise is a great way to explore the fan base of each team and they don't even bother. Well, we do, by the way. Um, What they should have done, and okay, I'm going to pause here for a second. His next bit of feedback is the most common negative criticism on Reddit. What they should have done is approached each subreddit beforehand and had each fan base stake their claim. I'm not going to read the rest. But the point is, this is someone else telling us like how we should run our podcast. If that's what you want, go start your own fucking podcast where it's people from Reddit talking about why they love their team. That is not interesting. People think it's interesting, but you know what people who are fans of the team, say about their team, they all say the same fucking thing. They all love their team because they're blinded. We are we are neutral. We are taking a view. We're using the same criteria to judge every team. Dan, I'm making a decision that you may not like. Rob may not like. Joe, don't do it. I'm revoking the maybe. Uh, oh no. It's gone. Joe. It's gone. <laughs> this is the first look,
2: time it's ever happened.
1: Look, I was wishy-washy about it anyway. The extra half point threw me off. Really, it's been bugging me all week, and I've been thinking, am I hurting the fidelity of the podcast if I do this? And I've come to the conclusion, I simply don't care. If the Cardinals move on, no matter who they're facing in the Sweet 16, I will boot them out so there's no point in doing it. The Cardinals are dead to me. Wow. That's it. That's it. Wow. They're you done. You
2: I, I didn't even reveal their score yet on the Secret Lounge page, because I want those Secret Lounge people to know that they can look at the Secret Lounge before listening to this week's episode, and they won't be spoiled. So I'll only have to go into the database and change it. And then, wow, straight to the bottom of the secret lounge. You know what, though, Joe? That's what it's all about. That's why I think these fans don't appreciate. They're they're being very selfish, basically. You you go to some place like the Texans fan base, they, they welcome you with open arms.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: People who are listening now for the first time, like, this is just a preliminary cut. You're going to cut out probably 16 to, you know, somewhere between 12 and 20 teams, whatever. And then it's going to go to the sweet 16. The fan feedback is making a huge impression on how you feel about the team. The emails that people send in supporting or not supporting the team makes a huge impact on you.
1: I mean, absolutely. How much better do I feel about the Texans now than I did when we recorded that episode? simply because they were the most welcoming fans out there.
2: And they've sent in great emails. We, I mean, we have super fans who are Texans fans. Like you talked when we were in the Washington Football Club episode. You said, wouldn't it be fun to have, you know, be able to root with me for this horrible football team that everybody hates? But wouldn't it be fun to be able to root with the super fans? I mean, you guys could be sending emails back and forth. You could be in the subreddit. I mean, absolutely. And it would be so interesting to listen back to the puck. I mean, imagine if you pick a team and they win the Super Bowl. It'd be amazing to listen back to the podcast and listen to the ideas why you pick the team. Ugh.
1: Rob, Rob, how do you feel about this about face on the uh, Cardinals? Are you OK with it?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think it's completely appropriate. I feel like you made a a grievous error in your uh, ratings on the conference, uh, because choosing a team from a conference that's an opponent of the city you live in, you failed to consider the douchebag factor of picking a team that is an opponent of the city you live in arbitrarily. I mean, granted, you have your system, but you failed to factor in how much of a douche that makes you. And I think that was a uh, far too high of a score for the conference.
1: Well, look, it's a moot point because the Cardinals are dead to me. And I I am not precluding the fact that I still may pick the Rams or the 49ers. So
2: (laughs) we can only hope at the end of this episode. I do like the episodes where we do get to randomly pick the next team. So that's going to come probably two to five hours from now when this episode ends. But you know what? (laughs) The book is closed on the Cardinals and the book was reopened for a second only so it could be slammed shut. They're out. Boom. That, that, that helps the numbers, actually, for the Sweet 16. And now let's shift our focus to the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to start. I have two emails concerning the Green Bay Packers. I'm, of course, going to start with Tony's email. Now, Rob may have something to add to this, but this is Tony's draft report of the Green Bay Packers. He says the Green Bay Packers, they traded out of their first round pick 29 to 33 with the Browns. Which just has to be the most frustrating thing if you invested three hours into the draft only to learn there would be no <laughs> pick.
1: Which it's yeah, awful.
2: I guarantee you there are not many Green Bay fans who were waiting hours in the draft like Tony was, but uh, maybe they were. But the draft, if you're sitting there through a five-hour draft to see what your team picks at twenty-nine, you know you, you're an NFL fan. You enjoy the draft, anyways. He said their first two picks were in the secondary, and they spent all four of their first four picks on defense. So it seems like their blueprint is to let the man, the legend, Aaron Rodgers... I added that in. There's to let Aaron Rodgers do his thing and build a defense that can hold the team to, you know, some reasonable score. You you don't have to invest on offense. So they're spending all their picks on defense, which their defense for the past two seasons has been below average. And it's very easy to argue that that has held back the Packers
0: from... More success. Let me jump in with a comment on the Packers draft there. First off, moving out of the first round, not a terrible loss. We were picking at the end of the first round, didn't have high hopes based off who was left, so not crushing. Uh, but the fact that the Packers have drafted multiple defensive backs again is not particularly encouraging. Our defense is always the problem no matter who we draft no matter what picks we get it doesn't change the fact that our defense is our Achilles heel by far. We also can bring this up again when we get into coaching with the defensive coordinator and that issue but I was not surprised to see more defensive backs picked. Unfortunately what we really needed was offensive linemen for the second year in a row we let one of our best offensive linemen go. Who? TJ Lang and Josh Sitton the strength of the Packers last year when they made the run was not Aaron Rodgers saying that we're going to run the table it was that the offensive line actually gave him time and with Aaron, with time Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league but he's not getting that time when your offensive line isn't playing well and again you can't let these good offensive linemen go and expect to do well so not getting an offensive lineman early in the draft was I think one of our biggest
2: uh, mistakes there getting too in depth but we appreciate that feedback it's great keep it like tony just give us raw just give give us offense versus defense breakdowns because you know joe is not picking a team for next year joe is picking a team for the next 20 years so you know all these offensive linemen will be long retired hopefully they will be very healthy and won't have be suffering any long-term effects etc
1: plus i'm already super bored
2: <laughs> well, this will be relevant when we get to the style of
0: play, obviously. Yeah,
2: so save it for that. Sean, super fan Sean starts his email all capital letters. All right, Dan, here's your minute that actually took an hour or two. In the last podcast I had chided our lazy fans for not even taking 1 minute to email and a response Sean sent literally a book. And he sorted this book into 11 buckets for each of the 11 sections. Now, some of them weren't necessary and weren't relevant, but where they weren't necessary and were relevant, I'm going to, in each of the 11 sections, say what Sean said. So, Sean also starts out with a question for Rob. He says, Rob, you're a Packers fan, so I automatically love you like family, but the Seahawks as your second favorite team? Really? They're essentially our current rivals since our division sucks, but it's okay. I know you really said that just so Joe wouldn't pick them and they get a low score from it. I get your game. I appreciate it. Is that true? Is, is, is Did Sean figure you out? Or are you actually some sort of turncoat who's rooting against a team that keeps knocking you out of the playoffs?
0: Well, that's where it gets a little complicated because I've never been a fan of the hometown team as my primary team, but they've always been my secondary team. Seattle's been my home now for 17 years, so it makes sense for me to be a supporter of the team. Uh, I root for them to beat everyone except for the Packers, but they have beaten the Packers twice in the playoffs. I know. It was very heartbreaking in the fashion they beat them as well, but I'm contractually obligated to be a Seahawks fan at this point. Uh, If you recall from one of the previous comments I made, in order to name my daughter the middle name I wanted, I had to agree with my nine-plus-month pregnant wife that we would be a Seahawks family. So, um, unless I want to uh, potentially have to change a birth certificate, I have to be a Seahawks fan at this point.
2: What was his middle name that you gave the
0: Seahawks up for? Uh, her middle name is Frances. Okay. Well, yeah, well, that doesn't
1: that doesn't seem worth it, Rob. Um, <laughs> I, also <but> the fans <laughs> I also think decide. that was a I good think, deal. I think that might be the fan poll, but we'll wait to see. <laughs> what what should what should Zoe's middle well, name? Well, was that a good to? deal? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I do think you just broke Sean's heart a little bit.
0: Uh, well, keep in mind, this was at three in the morning that we're having this argument about the middle name and us being a Seahawks family. And I'm dumb enough to argue with my very pregnant wife at three in the morning about insisting I remain a Packers fan.
2: Okay. We're done folks. We've got, we already got one idea for the poll in the, in the bank, but we'll see what comes up as we get into this episode. Let's start ranking. The Green Bay Packers. Number one, you don't want a team that is too good or too bad. So their Super Bowl odds are 9 to 1, which is the second best in all of football. The Patriots, we covered earlier, are 4 to 1. But the next best odds are 10 to 1. So they are second best odds. They've won four Super Bowls in the past. They won Super Bowl number one. They won Super Bowl number two. They won the Super Bowl in 1996, and they won the Super Bowl in 2010. They also were in another Super Bowl, of course, the back-to-back Super Bowl in 1997, which they lost to John Elway's Broncos. Sean, I have more to say, but I'm just going to pipe in his comment here because I think it's relevant when you're thinking about a team that's too good or too bad. He says, if the Packers win the Super Bowl, the state will go insane. With Favre only winning one championship and Rogers only winning one, there is still an absolute hunger to get another championship because the teams have been so good. It almost feels like they've sort of underperformed by only having two championships. Ah, interesting. So interesting. even though the team is so good, I sort of understand his point. There yep. still is a hunger to sort of cash in the greatness with rings. So that's I think that is Sean's very interesting point in terms of your thinking of if they won a super bowl would it matter their over under for wins is 10 so now we've got the basic nuts and bolts we're just going to play a game and then we're going to start to hear your thoughts about it now we're not going to ask our top third middle third bottom third game because yawn it's boring we already know what the answer is but we're going to play a new game a -a one-of-a-kind game who's better than the packers so in each of the three categories, I want you to name every team that is better than the Packers in the category. If you were paying attention to previous episodes, this might help you.
1: Well, certainly I was not paying attention. <laughs> uh, can Can Rob help or, or would I have to do this on my own? Okay, Win great.
2: percentage. Who in the past 10 years, who has a better win percentage than the Green Bay Packers?
1: Wait, now will you tell me how many teams there are? No. Okay. The New England Patriots do. Correct. For sure. There's not gonna be much more than that. Do the Seahawks, Rob, have a better win percentage than the Packers?
0: No, they've only been winning in the last six years and not yeah, not consistently enough for ten
1: years.
2: Okay, what about what about the Broncos and the Steelers?
1: You might have a
2: close call with the Steelers. Da, 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 only
1: the Patriots da, is the final answer.
2: Correct! Ding 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 ding. Wow. Smart work. So the Patriots are number one, and they're sort of number one by a lot. 78.8% win percentage. In second place, the Green Bay Packers, 66.6% winning percentage. And among your deliberations, the Steelers have the third best. But we'll get into that when we get to the Steelers. But they're—you know, Packers are better. So who's better than the Packers? Answer number one, the New England Patriots. And that's it. Number two, playoff wins. Who's better than the Packers?
1: Okay, so we know the Patriots for uh, sure are there. Yeah. Patriots. Um okay. Now we talked about the Giants have gone on these Super Bowl runs, but I don't think that just those two runs are enough.
0: They're only making the playoffs when right. they win the Super Bowl. Right.
1: Who else okay there's the Seahawks. Seahawks? Who else has, has won multiple well. who else has won Seahawks multiple? Seahawks have Super won Bowls. every time we know that. Okay. I'm gonna think at least the Patriots and the Seahawks. Okay. I think that's it. I'm going to
0: disagree on the Seahawks.
1: Okay, Patriots and Seahawks.
0: What's your final answer, Rob? Uh,
2: I'm going just Patriots again. One of you is right and one of you is wrong. And the person who's is right is Rob! Just the Patriots! Wow, who's better than the Packers? Playoff wins, the Patriots have won 13, the Packers have won 10, two other teams have won 10. Very close. You almost lost on a. A technicality well you won on a technicality because both the Ravens and the Seahawks have 10 wins but that's not more than the Packers so again only the Patriots are better than the Packers and our final question made the playoffs who's better than the Green Bay Packers
1: okay definitely the Patriots Rob
0: uh, I'm gonna let you go through the, all the deliberations on your own before I come in with the correct
2: answer here Rob, we don't have time. Just tell us the correct answer. What's I'm the correct answer? Presenting a trend. Only the Patriots. Rob, what's the correct answer?
0: I'm going to jump in uh, because Joe clearly doesn't remember anything that he comes out of his own mouth. Listen to his own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Packers and Patriots are tied with nine uh, playoff appearances in the last ten years.
2: So who's better than the Packers? No one. That is correct. Wow, Rob! Rob comes in guest on the podcast, aces the quiz. He knows his team really well. That's correct. The Packers have made the playoffs nine times, the Patriots have made it nine times, and they are both tied for number one, second best, Steelers and Colts all the way down at seven. Nobody has made the playoffs more than the Packers in the past 10 seasons.
1: Dan, Rob, I will not apologize for not listening to the podcast.
2: (laughs) Technically, I
0: don't think Joe is a super fan of his own podcast.
2: Okay, so... We've got the data out there. Rob has clearly bested you, Joe, in his knowledge of both this team and the NFL in general. Joe, you don't want a team that's too good or too bad. What do you feel about the Green Bay Packers?
1: So, okay, obviously we can totally dispatch with too bad. Okay, I think my initial instinct would be to easily throw them into the too good pile. If you win Super Bowl one and two, like, that's it. Everything else is downhill.
2: They're OG. They're OG football That's, team. Right,
1: right. Nothing nothing that happens after that will reach that pinnacle. But I think Sean makes a very, very good point that actually, because of that... Okay, so think about this. They have the same number of playoff appearances as the Patriots, but with so much, so much less to show for it. Yeah. And that is actually a pretty... Like, there's actually some... Some pathos there. There's some suffering there where you can sense that it would be this huge relief if they won it again. Even though it is again, and it is again with Aaron Rodgers, it's just a little bit better because they actually have underperformed a little bit. So I still think that they're too good but they're not that too good. Rob, before I I I render a final score, you want to chime in?
0: Uh, I got a couple of suggestions. Uh first off, uh the Packers have four Super Bowl wins but 13 NFL championships, the most of any team. We are yeah, four and one, one We are four and one in the Super Bowl, which means if we make the Super Bowl, there's an 80% chance we're going to win the Super Bowl. Wait. Well, it doesn't wait, actually mean wait, that, Rob, but
1: Rob, you're actually making them seem too good. You know you want them to get a good rating here.
0: Right. But I'm just saying, if you're thinking about a team making the Super Bowl, you don't want a team to make the Super Bowl and lose. The Packers, if they make it, they have a very good chance of winning.
1: I'm sorry, Sean. I was about to give them a seven in this category. Rob just argued them down to a six. It's a six. That's it.
2: Of I, I Sean. Have, I do have one more comment on this, though. How many more? How many more points do you
0: want to lose? Well, this is more of a, 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 a comment for future podcasts. Considering the two good, I think you have to think about the long-suffering teams and how it would be inappropriate to become a fan before they've won their first Super Bowl. Because you're going to meet other fans, they're going to be like, oh my god, remember when we lost in 87? You're going to be like, no. Oh, 94, that was just a heartbreak. Nope. right? But if you're a fan of a team that has won a Super Bowl in the last five to ten years, then you're coming in you're not jumping on this like long suffering like relief of winning. You're just jumping in with where everybody else is at, like oh we haven't won recently and I no, would really Rob, like to but win. but
1: you forget where I'm coming from though. See I'm going to be able to transfer all of my charger suffering to the new team. It's just so they'll a be one-to-one like remember transfer. when we lo- yeah, remember when we lost in 87? I'll be like, oh, yeah, the 49ers kicked her ass in that Super Bowl. And they would be like, wait, no. I'll be like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. That remember was my suffering. Remember when
2: we intercepted but- the ball and the guy just had to fall down and then he fumbled it? and be like, Marlon "No." McCree. They'll be like, that's yeah, exactly. horrible.
0: <laughs> so basically your baggage isn't going to match anybody else's baggage, but it's there.
1: But the baggage will be
0: there
2: remember when they took the Absolutely. team and moved it because they're the owner is a jackass? Absolutely.
1: I will be bringing the same suffering to the table. It's a good point, Rob. You didn't argue any lower, but... But, but you we're did holding lose at your six.
2: Team a point. six. All right, number two. What does Joe think about the division? Now, I I haven't actually checked the stats on this. I'm just going based on probabilistic likelihood. But we haven't covered this division yet, and my guess is this is the only division we haven't covered yet. I could be wrong. I don't know. Super fans might know. But this is a new division, so this is exciting. We are talking about the NFC North, and we've got. Four teams in this division. Obviously, we've only covered one thus far. I've got our over-unders. I've got our probability odds. I've got a little comment from Sean. I've got the details. Let's go. Packers. Over-under, 10 wins. We already covered that. Vegas gives them a 65% chance of winning the division. Vikings, second. Over-under, 8.5. Vegas gives them 20% chance. The Detroit Lions... Over-under, 8 wins. So this is three teams with over-unders of 8 or higher in this division. Vegas gives them a 13% chance of winning the division. Chicago, over-under, five and a half, two 2% chance. So it's a three-team race. Packers, heavy favorites, Vikings and Lions, reasonable chance. In the past 10 years, the Packers have won the division six times, including four out of the last five years. Uh, the Vikings have won it three times. The Bears have won it once. Since 2002, this division has sent seven teams to the championship game, but those seven teams have only actually won the N- this NFC championship game twice and sent two teams to the Super Bowl. The Bears in 2005, the loss to Peyton Manning's Colts, his first Super Bowl, and the Packers, who were sent in 2010, who, of course, won over the Steelers, and they went, They didn't win the division that year, though. They won as a wild card. So Sean's comment about the division. Oh, goodness. Yeah, our division sucks. Yes, the Lions are up and coming and have a good quarterback in Matt Stafford, but they're not fantastic by any means. The Vikings continue to look like they're going to be good, and then the Vikings throw it all away. I would mention the Bears, but they're so laughable right now, it's not worth talking about. So... There's That's the uh, Packers fan Sean feeling about the other teams.
0: I personally am a huge fan of the division, not just because it's the black and blue division, it's known for its physical style of play historically, but really all the other teams in the division are garbage. So you know that when you have division matchups that your team's going to be favored. I like how you've mentioned teams that have won the division and the Bears are nowhere on that list. But
2: that's not what Joe wants in a division. Joe wants a division where Detroit... Minnesota or Green Bay could win, where these where these matchups are going to matter.
0: Dan, I'm not just a, a guest. I'm also a super fan. And the one thing I know is you have very little idea of what Joe actually wants. Okay.
2: Thank you, Rob, for coming <laughs> in our podcast. All right. Let's just let's have Joe give his score and then you keep talking. Let's just see what happens to the score.
1: No, I mean, Rob keeps talking himself out of higher scores. Yeah. Dan, it's totally true. I mean, here, here, here are my thoughts on the division. I don't like that it's not very competitive right now. I don't want a division where I just know the Packers are going to win. That being said, first of all, I'm surprised that the over under on um, Minnesota is higher than the Lions because the Lions seem like a better team right now. But we can get into that later.
2: Just bet it on Vegas. Maybe we can <laughs> tweak this into a betting podcast, Joe. <laughs> That's
1: true. Uh, I like the fact that there are a lot of historical rivalries in this division.
2: Absolutely. That, like,
1: I know. You know, to what Rob just said, Packers fans, even when the Bears are bad, fucking hate the Bears and Bears fans hate the Packers, no matter how good or bad they are. So that that's like a nice thing when you get some of these of these other divisions that have teams sort of like we talked about this with the cardinals last week like who do the cardinal fans really hate do they hate the rams i guess maybe you know do they hate the seahawks sure because they're good but like it's not this rivalry that is is deeply embedded into people and i think that that is one thing that's very true and i also think that to rob's other point i mean this team or this division has a specific sort of like northern frozen tundra style to it like i like that it's distinct what do we give to the NFC East?
0: The NFC East got in hold the Hold on, hold on, let me interject here. <laughs> I think one of the one of the best things you're missing out on is that Joe doesn't remember anything he's done previously. Uh, by reminding him of his scores, you actually get some consistency. And I think it's way better for the podcast if Joe just has to go out on his own and we can expose him for his inconsistencies. So I would recommend not reminding him of what he's scored previous divisions.
2: Thank you for that feedback. Okay, Joe. So Dan, what did I you score gave, the <laughs> NFC East? You gave the Cowboys and the Giants a 10. You gave my Washington Football Club a 9. And you gave the Eagles an 8.5. Yeah,
1: I think... Um it's it's right up there with the NFC East. The only thing that I like slightly better about the NFC East is that sort of constant churn of who's yeah. at the top, which is just so exciting. So I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten.
2: Wow. Nine out of ten. That's a very, very high score. But let's get to number three. This is something which can only hurt the Packers. Does the head coach meet a minimum threshold of competence? I'm not even reading what Roto-World said because I've got enough familiarity with Mike McCarthy. I mean, basically, Mike McCarthy, the, the, the pro case on him is he's the one who developed Aaron Rodgers. He's been working with him the whole time. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, the greatest quarterback in NFL history, not by results, but just by, like, peak amazingness. So, therefore, Mike McCarthy is great. He's great at developing talent, especially quarterbacks. He's this unbelievable guy. You want him. The con is if you watch any Packers games, the average idiot sitting on the sideline can come up with 10 things that Mike McCarthy has done stupidly. Like, For example, when they ran the ball 50% of the time, or quote-unquote establishing the run, which Mike McCarthy is famous for, even though you've got the fucking best quarterback in the NFL. The Green Bay Packers this year were second highest in terms of pass percentage, but that was only because their running backs kept getting injured and... For the last half of the season, they had a wide receiver running back. But in the years prior, I looked in the three prior years, the pass percentage of the Green Bay Packers was down in the bottom third of the league. And you've got the best quarterback. I mean, obviously, it's not so simple. You want to have some sort of balance. But it's just like Mike McCarthy is the textbook famous example of, oh, it's first down, run it, run the running back up. He gains one yard. All right, second and nine. It's just you've got Aaron Rodgers let him throw the ball and be great. He's in terrible time management. He's He makes blunder after blunder in every way conceivable. Going for two, kicking field goals, not going for it. The con is Aaron Rodgers dragged Wait, him that was to one pro? Super Bowl. No, that's the con. The pro was he developed Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, who is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. The con is everything else. So that that's what you get. Road to World ranks him number eight. Again, this is a team that has the second highest Super Bowl odds and he has a body of work to be analyzed, so he, he should be able to get a, a good, um, you know, feeling for what you should score him based on what you're looking for in a coach.
0: Let me uh, let me offer a, a different pro and con related to each other. The pro is that he has established a culture around the team. He values community. He values consistency, um, and I think that is something fairly unique in the NFL to have that level of consistency. Uh, You know, this idea that it's really more than a team in in Green Bay. Uh, The downside of that is he's a little too loyal. Dom Capers, the defensive coordinator, is the longest tenured defensive coordinator in the league. And the Packers have had a terrible defense for most of his time there. Uh, So at some point, you have to realize that you need to go in a different direction you need to move on consistency can also hurt you and i think that's one of the biggest weaknesses around mike mccarthy as a head coach
2: now rob i have a question for you i'm actually very interested to hear this as a green bay fan how many rings do you think you'd have with bill belichick more than one more than more than
0: three with bill belichick Like, from his time coaching period? Like, I mean, we have eight eight to ten rings at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Bill Belichick is a defensive genius, and with...
2: If you put Bill Belichick with Aaron Rodgers, it's just... You watch Tom Brady, and it's like, Tom Brady is undoubtedly great. And I'm not arguing that. But you watch Aaron Rodgers, and there's nothing he can't do. He can move. He can throw. He makes every right decision. He's unbelievable. He can extend the play. He can make these miracle throws. And you just... The defense lets him down every season. The play calling lets him down every season. Like, I want Aaron Rodgers to be like, no, Mike McCarthy, I'm not running that play. I'm just running the plays.
0: Well, this goes into one of my uh, my my pet arguments at this point is everyone thinks Tom Brady is hands down the best quarterback ever because of the Super Bowl wins. But if you put Aaron Rodgers on those same Patriots teams with Bill Belichick, and then you put Tom Brady on the Packers teams under Mike McCarthy, would you get similar results? And I think absolutely, Aaron Rodgers would have won the Super Bowls. I absolutely think they would have that great record. I don't think Tom Brady is pulling that off in Green Bay with what Aaron Rodgers has been working with for. Okay, a so
1: staff. so Dan, I have a question for you. Would you trade from your Washington Football Club, Jay Gruden, for Mike McCarthy? Mike McCarthy?
2: No, not even. Close. I honestly think Mike McCarthy should not. I think Mike McCarthy, and as Roto World's saying, Roto World's basically saying in their spiel, we don't know if Mike McCarthy is a good head coach because Aaron Rodgers is so great, or he's a terrible head coach because Aaron Rodgers is so great. So we're going to split the difference and put him at eight because we don't know.
1: So Rob, would you trade Mike McCarthy for Jay Gruden? I'm yes, t- or no? I'm, I'm, yes or no? Yes
2: or
0: no? No, not at this point.
2: Would you trade him for Pete Carroll? Yeah, why not? Would
1: you Would you trade him for Bruce Arians?
0: I think also yes. I'm a big fan of Bruce Arians.
2: There you go. All right, Joe. We, we we've talked about this way too much. I mean, we have to talk about Mike McCarthy, but it's time to make a score.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, the competence score is really all about my own perception of things. I mean, obviously, it's about winning and losing, right? But but at its core, it's also about when we lose, or when we win, for that matter. Am I like screaming at the television like why did you just call that play why didn't you call a timeout here why are you punting instead of going for it and it seems like mccarthy is way up on the list in terms of that four out of ten
2: all right i think it's fair it's a very low score for this category but i think it's fitting okay do the players get in trouble with the law this has gotten too long in previous weeks so there's nothing super interesting here so i'm just going to try to run through this very quickly we've got the three case studies andrew corliss he gets in trouble he shoots a firearm in public. Something happened. He doesn't shoot at somebody. He just shoots in the air, whatever. Team, this thing comes out. He's charged with a crime. I don't know if he, what happens, but you know he did it. The Green Bay Packers—they don't basically do anything. He plays a few more games with the team. He eventually gets hurt. He's, you know, his his effectiveness go down, and he wasn't re-signed. But it's like the fact that the players like shooting guns off. No big deal. Another but, guy
1: But to be fair though, isn't shooting guns in the air like a normal Saturday night activity in Green Bay, Wisconsin?
2: Well, this I think this is somewhere in Florida. It's on Miami Beach where it's probably even much more of a routine thing. But yes. Another guy gets caught. He's also in Florida. Why do all these Green Bay well, I guess it's a self answering question. <laughs> also,
1: also, by the way, let me just say, if I were to ever own or coach an NFL team, which is unlikely at this point in my life, and it wasn't a Florida-based team, one of my rules would be no traveling to Florida. That's where all this shit happens. Don't go to Florida. Look, I will give you a bigger signing bonus if you just promise never to go to Florida.
2: Okay, so this guy, Latroy Guion, Guion, whatever. Guyon, Guyon, He's still on the team. Anyways, he's driving in Florida. He's pulled over by police because he's not staying in his lane. When he's pulled over, he has... A ton of pot. He's got $190,000 in cash and a 9 millimeter handgun. Okay. Uh, the,
0: Nate, the Nate Newton special.
2: Yeah. But on the Green Bay Packers. You know This is your very upstanding team. What's happened? Well, he suspended three games as per the NFL, you know, public whatever policy. Whatever. Team doesn't care. Plays the rest of the next 13 games, plays the whole next season. He's actually suspended for the first four games of this coming season for PEDs. Whatever. Still on the team. The guy can play. He's playing. We, they don't give a shit, what happens? Now this other guy, Brandon Underwood, and I'm just going to read this, couple paragraphs, and then we're done with the case studies. Under the direction of GM Ted Thompson, the Packers have generally been known to place a lofty premium on athlete's character before committing to target a player in a draft. How does a prospect fit in the locker room? Is always a question. However, this Underwood character is sort of a stark break from that theory people had. He had just the, the the title is Green Bay Packers Greatest Head Case of All Time, Brandon Underwood. This this stems from a domestic incident, violence incidents, but it like goes from there. But the point is, he did all of these things. He t- gets in this domestic abuse senses. He had a history of this before he was drafted. And this is the end of the thing. The fact that Underwood would never play another game for Green Bay is of ancillary importance when you take into account that the third-year player remained with the team through the beginning of training camp and was essentially allowed to compete for a roster spot. It was only when it was learned that the Ohio native would have to have a two-game suspension for the like incident. That the team decided to cut ties with him before the start of the season. So, even this guy who has this domestic violence incident, he goes against the so called ethos of drafting these like upstanding character people, they still let him compete for Ross Spratt after the domestic violence thing has happened when he can't, you know, make it up to snuff, or maybe when the noise gets too loud, they cut him. But this is certainly not a team historically that is proactively cutting bad behavior guys whether they're drafting good behavior guys it's up you know you could take that into consideration but based on the stats they're straight squarely in the middle of the nfl when it comes to re- incidents over the last 15 years so either they're not doing a good job of it or the uh they've got a good public
0: relations in, in the packers defense here let me just say that uh they've never signed or traded for aqib talib <laughs> And they've never signed Legarrette Blunt. That has to count for something.
2: They haven't done it yet. They could do it in the offseason.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah,
2: keep Talib. Wouldn't you want to keep Talib in your in your uh, defense right now? No, I don't want him anywhere near the team. <laughs> All right. Whatever. All
1: right, Joe. So I mean, I think you know, sort of, sort of the baseline here is that if, if they're middle of the road, it's going to be five out of ten. But I think, given, you know, it does seem like maybe they hang on to players too long, are too quick to sort of make a judgment about their value to the team rather than, you know, the value of their character. So let's just say four out of 10.
2: Okay, four out of 10. Number five, you don't want to root for a team that Rob roots for. So Joe, what does Rob think about the Green Bay Packers?
1: Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, judging by (laughs) this beautiful Packer shirt I'm staring at right now. No, look, I mean, I think... This whole category was invented with the Packers in mind. So I guess this is my question here, Rob. I've been making this ranking sort of under the assumption that I would hate rooting for a team that you root for. Mostly because I don't like agreeing with you. I generally find you distasteful. And I take pleasure when bad things happen to you. In life and in sports. (laughs) So I guess my question is, can you disabuse me of that? What would it be like for me? If I were to pick the Packers, which is still very much on the table, they've been doing okay, I think. If I were to pick the Packers, what would it be like for us to be co-Packer fans together?
0: Well, I've been torn on this one for a while now. There is a small part of me that would enjoy having a good friend of mine rooting for the Green Bay Packers. I've had some ancillary friends that were Packers fans, but never a really good friend that I would watch football with somewhat regularly. So that is appealing to me. Um, but the fact that it would be you um, is really quite distasteful. Um, I can't imagine watching the Packers in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl, and watching you celebrate. And just I can imagine the comments, how smug you are about, wow, we finally did it. I'm so excited. This I, It would just turn my stomach. So I'm actually pretty pleased with the fact that this is an automatic zero, just because I don't think I'll ever be able to get over the distaste of you, gloating about the wins when you haven't been I think there that's very
2: unfair though because I think you're being a little I don't know ageist in a way where you're saying oh I've been a fan of this team for 25 years I'm a truer fan than Joe is I, I think you should be more accepting of uh, the person that might want to root for the team well let me just
0: point out that I know Joe fairly well and um, something that clearly uh, uh, a super fan Yannick uh, from the last podcast um, does not know Joe as well because he said that uh, he's appreciated that you guys are picking a team without being condescending about the Falcons. Um, Joe is nothing but condescending and I know if the Packers won, he would go out of his way to be condescending and smug about being a fan at the right time and it would be incredibly distasteful.
1: You know, one of the things this is actually an interesting twist. So I mean my assumption has been that I don't want to root for a team that Rob roots for. I don't want to give him that pleasure. But if Rob doesn't want me to root for his team, maybe that makes it more appealing for me to root for that team.
2: Imagine if you won this if the Green Bay won the Super Bowl and you were like, Yay, we did it, Rob We did it. See Rob You're in the foot in the fantasy football draft, you're bidding up the uh, the Green Bay players.
1: Oh yeah, I could. I'm bidding up the Green Bay. Maybe I could have like a Green Bay name for my team. Oh, man. A Green Bay related. Oh my, this actually might be kind of fun. Uh, it
0: all it all sounds horrible,
1: Rob. I mean, this is the closest that you've ever gotten to convincing me to up a score. I mean, I mean, it's a zero out of ten. This is a zero out of ten. Ouch. But you have made me rethink this whole process. And maybe if the Packers make the Sweet Sixteen it will actually come back to benefit them that maybe rooting for them will actually cause you more pain than pleasure.
0: And you go out of your way to point out that I'm a dick. Um, I think our our listeners are clearly going to see through that facade at this point.
1: No, our listeners love me. But the fact that, that Joe, me, doesn't want to root for a team that Rob roots for now has this shading of maybe Rob doesn't want to root for a team that Joe roots for. Maybe he won't even be a Packer fan if I pick the Packers. <laughs>
0: That would and be I think amazing. I think this is really the only team that applies to like you know what the Cardinals are my fifth favorite team, okay, I could give two shits if you were a cardinal fan
2: number six is this a city you would enjoy visiting to go to a game? so this city is of course Green Bay, Wisconsin does it what's the number one place to go according to TripAdvisor? That's right, Lambeau Field, which as I was looking at the scores for Lambeau Field, I was like, oh, shit. I think Lambeau Field might be higher than that Musical Instrument Museum, but it's not. The Musical Instrument Museum was 99% five-star and four-star. Lambeau Field is only 97% five- or four-star.
1: Now, was there anyone Was there anyone in the review drawing a direct comparison like we found with the EMP? Like, I, I did see it. My husband hated Lambeau Field, but he sure loved this Musical Instrument Museum.
2: Well, I'm sure it's in there. I'm sure it's in there. But that's it. Number one Lambeau Field. Number two the Packers Hall of Fame. Number three, of course, the Green Bay Botanical Garden. Yada yada yada. <laughs> God damn it! If you're going, if you're going to Green Bay, Wisconsin, you're going to see a football game. I think the population like increases by like four x or something when a game is happening. Rob, have you ever been to Green Bay, Wisconsin?
0: Not yet. This is oh. uh, my, my fatal flaw as a Packers fan.
1: Sean, Sean is somewhere in his car listening to this, just shaking his head right now.
2: He is shaking his head, shaking his head. So, Joe, basically, if you're going to Green Bay, I mean, this is sort of a plus and a minus, which is if you're going to Green Bay, you are going to see this iconic stadium that uh, everybody loves. You're going to see, it is a, like, the entire city is, like, the place to go where it's just Packers, front and central, everything's Packers. But the downside is there ain't, much much else so you're going there for a game you're going to get a full packer experience but you're not really going to get much
1: else yeah i mean green bay as a city is like quite frankly probably a zero on this list right of like i would never go there if they didn't have the packers however there is something that's like and tom you know uh who i'm surprised didn't write in for the packers episode has as a packer fan unlike rob Tom's a real Packer fan and he's been to many games in green Bay. And one of the things that he's talked about is how during a game time, the entire, no one's going to the mall or to a restaurant or to anywhere else during the, it. it just, everything's closed and no one even expects anything to be open during a game. Just yeah. The whole town, other than the stadium, the tailgate area, the bars in the area, the actual game itself, everything else is shut down. So there is this like, intriguing thing to me about like it's like no one complains that the only thing to do in Tahiti is go to the beach because it, it's there to have a beach yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like it it seems weird to complain that Green Bay the only thing to do there is to watch the Packers when it's also probably one of the best like pure football fandom experiences yeah so I think those two things really kind of counterbalance each other And I'm going to go, I'm feeling a little bit generous here, 6.5 out of 10.
2: Wow, that's extremely generous, but frankly, I think it's well-reasoned. That's building momentum coming into this question. Number seven, does the team have player or players you could put on your fantasy roster? Hmm, I'm going to go ahead and say there are a few. Let's start with quarterback position. Some say the most important position in all of professional sports. Their quarterback is none other than Aaron Rodgers, who was the number one fantasy quarterback last year. He had the most touchdowns in the league, 40. In addition to his 40 touchdowns and a gazillion passing yards, he also had 370 rushing yards, which is third most. Love when your quarterback gets rushing yards. And four rushing touchdowns to just add. The the distance between Aaron Rodgers and the number two quarterback was quite large. The running back position. For the last half of the season, they converted wide receiver Ty Montgomery to running back. He was not great, but decent stats for the last half of the year. He's, he's not going to star on your team, but he, he might be playable. Okay, so running back for them, bit of a dip. Great in quarterback. Okay, running back. Playable, draftable. Then we get to wide receiver. I mean, when you're going with the number one quarterback, what are you going to get? You're going to get fucking wide receivers. Jordy Nelson, number two overall fantasy wide receiver, 1,250 yards, 14 touchdowns, most in the NFL. And then how about Devontae Adams, the number eight overall wide receiver? Just came up three yards short of 1,000, which I'm sure for him is really sad to finish the season at 997. But then after. You know, that, there was
1: some catch where he was like tackled for a uh, three yard loss. And he's like, yeah. motherfucker.
2: I mean, it, like in his contract for his agent, it probably had like a bonus if he got there.
1: He's like, that goddamn screen. Yeah. Pass. Why did they call- go,
2: <laughs> damn it, Mike McCarthy? But even with his 997 yards, throwing another 12 touchdowns, which ties for second most. So they had the number one. There were a bunch of wide receivers at 12, but they had the, the most touchdown catches Jordy Nelson, the second most Devontae Adams. And why not? Let's throw in their tight end, Martellus Bennett, who was number 10 overall tight end. But as I said in previous ones, the tight ends were all actually quite bunched together. So, you know, for the, the number three to number 10, we're all effectively equal. 700 yards, seven touchdowns. You know, their defense not playable, of course, but quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. And, to, you know, in a in a fantasy season last year, running back would have been pretty disappointing, but looking in the upcoming season might be something there to get excited about the other
0: point i want to make as joe considers fantasy potential is for every jordy nelson you have a randall cobb who you likely paid a lot of money for and disappointed uh for what is
2: your goal here rob what are you doing I don't want Joe to pick the Packers. I've made that pretty clear, I think. Because I think Jordy Nelson, he had that situation like two years ago. He was a perfect example. He was drafted. He got hurt before the season even started. But in fact, Jordy Nelson was like a diamond in the rough this year.
0: But you had a Randall Cobb. You also had an Eddie Lacy who was incredibly disappointing again, who people likely drafted higher, paid a lot of money for. So the Packers, while they do have a lot of strength with their fantasy potential, they also have some players that disappoint occasionally.
2: I think with the Packers, if you're going to the smart money, stick with the quarterbacks, stick with the wide receivers and just hope they don't get hurt. If you are a wide receiver who can stay upright with Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball for 16 games, you're going to put up good stats.
1: First of all, I love that Rob is actually actively trying to talk me out of rooting for the Packers now. And for all for any person who even thought about defending Rob, can I just like say, I fucking told you so. Okay.
0: Let me point out, that's a fair evaluation of the Packers from a fantasy standpoint, not just a fan's perspective.
1: Okay. Secondly, I don't know... Dan, maybe help me out here. Have we talked about a team that has more fantasy quality? I mean, maybe the Cowboys?
2: I think where, where the Packers shine... As opposed to other teams, is when I when I did the stats on Tom Brady, Tom Brady, if he had played sixteen games, would have been at this elite level of point production. But Aaron Rodgers was by far the number one quarterback over the sixteen games. Like like the gap between him and number two is huge. And you know, fantasy football is really all about having a premium at some position.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I've I paid a lot for Aaron Rodgers before and it's always worked out. He
2: had this thing that I think is really interesting, which is this is, I think, the first team that we've really gotten to where if you had Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson on your team, you probably won. Because if we look at the other top wide receivers, there's Oda Beckham Jr. Eli Manning did not have a particularly great year. Okay, we can look at the Washington Football Club receivers. You know, whatever. Kirk Cousins was, was good, but none of the receivers had the type of numbers that Jordy Nelson had. Okay, we've got David Johnson who's great running back, but it's not a sort of tandem thing. If you took Aaron Rodgers and you also said, I'm going to gamble, I think Jordy Nelson coming off injury is going to be the number one guy, your team, it's just absolutely monstrous. And right, it, I think right. this is the first team we've seen that has a duo like that.
1: The other benefit is that any, any packer that I draft who does well, because I'm in my main league with Rob, I'm kind of like snarfing away from Rob, which is kind of nice.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The problem, of course, is that the the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, in particular, for not not incorrectly, he had the number one season. Right? He, you, there's he's not where. Whereas you might get value out of a Kirk Cousins or out of a Matt Ryan. You're not going to you're never going to get value out of Aaron Rodgers in a fantasy draft, but you might pay for elite performance like the people did this year.
1: Right. No Packer player is sliding under the radar, and someone's going to throw Aaron Rodgers out in the auction early. Someone's going to pay a real premium for him, and that might be okay. That might be a good strategy, but they're still going to pay a lot. I think though, look, if I the whole point of this category, if I were a Packer fan, I would certainly have Packer players on my team and it would be probably a worthwhile thing. So I'm going to say eight out of 10,
2: eight out of 10. Uh, that's, it's too low, Joe. I mean, you think You, so? you, you gave the All Cardinals right. eight and a half out of 10, just oh, yeah, essentially. That's... So I think one thing you did like about the Cardinals, the Cardinals might have more diamonds in the rough, but green Bay is going to have more just guaranteed. You're right. You're right. You're right. Stud You're right. players.
1: You're right. Dan nine out of 10.
2: All right. Boom, comeback time, baby. And then we move to number eight, and this is gonna be really interesting. I'm just gonna let Sean do all the talking here. Sean sent a great segment for this, and I love what he says. Number eight, is the owner a monster? The Packers are the only community-owned franchise in the league. The ability to buy ownership stock does not let you have any take in the team, but it will make it so the team cannot be moved to another city. They can't move this team on you, Joe. When you buy stock, you receive a nice certificate with your name on it, and you have it framed and you can put it on your wall. It's nice. There have been four times in the franchise history where they have sold stock. 1935, 1950, 1997, and 2011. Open purchases do not exist. You must wait for the franchise to sell stock, which costs $200 or $300, he says. The proceeds of the sale of stock go directly towards the stadium for rebuilding or expansion purposes. The Packers are run by a board of directors who are unpaid, excluding the president, Mark Murphy. He represents the corporation at NFL meetings. If the leader of the Packers begins to suck, he can be fired. Nice, isn't it? Okay, so that's where he ends. So you have a president. Who votes for the president? If you have one share of stock, do you get one vote? Is that how it works, Rob?
0: Uh, I am a shareholder. I purchased in 2011 with that most recent stock sale. And I do get invited to the uh, shareholders meetings every year. Um, Having never been to Green Bay, I've never attended. uh, So I can't tell you exactly. do you get to
2: vote for the president?
0: Uh, I don't know. Uh, My impression is that, uh, you know, individual... Uh, shareholders have very little input about the running of the team uh, there's no other reason to explain
2: why mike mccarthy why mike mccarthy's had a job for so long <laughs> thank you rob for this very useful thing okay so this team is so interesting because they don't have an owner there are a company this is against the nfo rules but based on a waiver because the fact that the green bay packers have been run like this for the past 85 years or whatever they're allowed to do it they're the only team that will ever be allowed to do this no future team it is against nfl rules to have an owner who doesn't own at least one third of the team with the exception of the green bay packers they are a team of the people by the people for the people the exact mechanics of that i don't know rob doesn't know which really is a ding on rob as a shareholder you've got to fucking read the contract I mean, Joe, you should you should read his shareholder agreement and see what he gets. But this is a team that unique as far as all thirty-two go. Joe, what do you think about this ownership structure?
1: Well, I mean, I definitely like that the structure makes it so they makes it so that they can never leave. That's great. Um I think it's super unique. I like that it's democratic. I like that it's not like there's not some rich asshole getting rich off this. I mean it does. I, I do kind of wonder where the money goes.
2: Yeah, that is a good question. Right? If like, they make money, like, where does if it go? It's not
1: distributed to, to shareholders, if there's no take in the team as Sean's. There's was saying. only like,
2: one paid position, the president.
1: Does it go does it go back to the city? Like that's an interesting question. I mean
2: it probably if it's like a normal corporation, it just goes on the books of the corporation. I mean, corporations make profits. The Green Bay Packers have to pay salary. If it's an owner, and for example the, the team doesn't make enough money in one year and they pay out more salary while well, the owner just pays out of his pocket or her pocket. But right. if you're a corporation, you would either have to borrow money or it's like, it's not out of a pocket. You know, the corporation- Or you
1: just, or you just offer stock again, right? Which yeah, is probably yeah, why they do it when, be they, how they, do, when, when they, they do that. It's like Aaron Rodgers
0: needs
2: a new contract.
0: Yep. Well, no, the two most recent uh, stock sales were for Stadium Improvements. But it's a good question. Where does all this money, right? The NFL is rolling in money in terms of profits. Where is it going? I would imagine their charitable outlay has to be huge. Um, I'm sure they have a rainy day fund for, you know, what would need be. But they don't have a huge cash reserve or else they wouldn't have had to sell more stock in order to make the stadium improvement.
1: But all right. So on one hand, I like the idea of community ownership. I like that they can't be moved. I like that there's not some rich asshole who's donating money to Trump, though I will say the city of Green Bay did vote for Trump. so Oh, no. That's definitely a, a factor here. But on the other hand, that also means that Rob is a partial owner. Yeah. And also, until they offer it again, if I became a Packer fan, I can't be. Which means that if we're rooting... <sighs> If we're rooting together and I'm like, oh, they won the Super Bowl. I'm so happy. He'd be like, yeah, I fucking own that team. I'm like, God damn it. So
2: how many shares do you need to have before you get a ring? Because, you know, the owner gets a ring and maybe but the owner has to pay for the rings too. So.
1: Well, that's why they had to sell stock in 2011. They just won the Super Bowl. They're like, shit,
2: you got to cover these diamond
1: rings, you got to sell some stock.
0: All right, look. Before you give your final uh, scoring, let me just point out, right, you have this background, a a lifelong career in union organizing. And here you have a case where the people actually own the team. Uh, I can't see how there's any other team that gets a higher score in this category uh, than the Green Bay Packers. Not only is it the only team in the NFL owned by the people, it's the only team in any major professional sport that has
2: his ownership, let's uh, just the, note this is the first question where Rob is actually giving an argument that might help
1: the score yeah, that's true, that's true, but i also but I also generally don't like people, but okay, um let's yeah, no, you're right you're Rob, rob, you're right. the people on this team, even if it's people like you and like Tom who I generally don't care for, it's still the people. it's not some fucking rich trump supporter, okay, this is. Uh, what do we give to um, the Eagles owner, the Brandeis guy?
2: You gave the Eagles owner a 10 out of 10.
1: I really like that guy. I really like that guy. Who would I rather own? Jeffrey Laurie. The people <laughs> Well or see, Now, this Brandeis gets into alum. an
2: interesting situation because, I mean, this is a bit of a more philosophical argument, but I think if you had the scale of like what you want your country to be led by... I think benevolent dictator is number one. The problem is a benevolent dictator can't, is like unsustainable. And I think democracy is way below benevolent dictator. It's just that democracy is also way above horrible dictator or a lot of other things. This guy who's the president of the Green Bay Packers could be fired and maybe... That's right. why he doesn't fire Mike McCarthy or something. He doesn't want to do risky moves. He doesn't want to upset the apple cart.
1: But on the other hand, though, to your point about the risk of a bad dictator, but Jeffrey Laurie's son or daughter could be an idiot, terrible yeah. person. Yeah. Right. Well, so, look,
2: I, I'm you're talking to the person who Dan Snyder owns the team. I know what the worst case is. I would <laughs> love if the Washington Football Club were owned by the people and we could vote for like who's running the team or whatever.
1: Yeah. I hear that. It would be interesting if they actually did have like real shareholder control, like shareholder vote on every draft pick, things like that. I I mean, I'm sure it would be actually terrible. This
2: is very similar to a public company. You vote for the people. The people make the decisions, but you can fire the people.
1: Right. So look, I think this is good, but I think you make a good point, Dan. Nine out of ten.
2: Nine out of ten. I think that's the absolute right score. Number nine, rate the uniform and the logo. So before we get into talking about the colors and whatever, I'll just talk about the history of the. <laughs> Rob, this is a podcast, not a video cast. Nobody can see your jersey that you're holding up. Um, the guy
0: scoring this can see it. So okay,
2: so the history of the team name, the team founder, Earl Curly Lambeau, his employer, the Indian Packing Company. Oh boy sponsored Green Bay's football team and provided equipment and access to the field. The Indian Packing Company became the Acme Packing Company that later folded, but the nickname stuck, the Green Bay Packers.
1: See, so it's funny, had they just picked the other half of that (laughs) name, had they picked (laughs) picked the Indians rather than the Packers, you you could have another controversial situation.
2: Very controversial. But anyways, (laughs) so they pack stuff. As formerly the Indian Packing Company, then the Acme yeah. Pack and you know, first of all, we have to give them credit, like eighty years later that they changed that that they they realized in the like nineteen twenties or something, Indian Packing Company. <laughs> well, this that's is just not offensive. a good, that's just a good name. Let's, let's just make it Acme. <laughs> Acme. Acme Packing Company. But there you go. They pack something. Their the previous Bay- owner
1: said, We will never change the name. He died, and they're like Let- fine, let's just yeah, it. we're done. So would you be happy if, if the Redskins became the Washington Acmes? That would be great. <laughs> How happy would that make Wait, you? Wait,
2: first of all, I think I'd be happier if we the Washington Packers. Just like drift <laughs> off them.
1: Uh, yeah, no. I, no, in fact, my my union that I work for represents several meat packing plants. So oh, I man. have a personal connection to Packers. You know... I would not have really highly rated the color, but actually having the visual here in front of me, and I'm kind of hanging over it with my with my skin tone, Dan, it really pops. It looks <laughs> good on me. I mean, I'm not trying to be conceited, Rob. I mean, look, look. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. Sometimes I'm jokingly conceited, <laughs> but am I right, Rob?
0: Um, I mean, I'm biased. I think the colors look great on everyone, but um, on me specifically, yeah. Though, I I would say, yeah, I would absolutely say that.
1: I think it looks really good compared to other jerseys, jerseys that we've rated lower it is a bit boring but it's boring in that way of like it's basically the same jersey that they had for the last 80 years which makes it not boring
0: Uh, let me also point out that it's uh, one of the only three teams that have green as a primary color but unlike the Eagles and Jets who white is a secondary color right there's a bright yellow so it makes it very distinctive
1: but who would win in a fight a meatpacker or an eagle (laughs) well I
2: think almost by definition the meatpacker
0: I think the real question is who would win in a fight, the meat packer or the falcon, since that's the top of the orn- ornithological food chain
1: in the NFL. I mean, definitely a falcon.
2: Is the meat packer the one who puts it in those little, like, styrofoam containers and puts the, like, no, they're the ones that actually slaughter the, yeah, the animal. Yeah, the
1: packers before it gets to the butcher. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah.
2: They're going to win.
1: <laughs> I mean, they're, they're really good at killing animals. That's actually yeah. their job, so. yeah.
2: Ugh. All right, Joe. What do you think of the uniform and the logo?
1: On that note. No, I think it's a, a nice score. This is this is 8 out of 10.
2: 8 out of 10. Wow. Huge. I mean, the last 3 nine, nine, eight. This might be the best 3 category run of any team ever.
1: I mean, Aaron Rodgers said that they were going to run the table after a yeah. bad start. So right.
0: And we're pre- we're we're pretty good at making a late run at things and here we go again.
2: Number 10, do they play a style of play I would enjoy watching? Well, where could you fucking go wrong here? Let me just point out that they've completed
0: three important Hail Marys in the last 13 months of football. Um, It doesn't get more exciting than that.
2: I I would love to argue with Rob's inane interjection before I even could start saying it, but in my notes, I have the three Hail Marys as well. And the ethos of this question, I think, I watch football, and there are just plays that happen that you just have to just watch the team watch the TV screen and then something happens and it's just like blows you away. And I think that's why football is so exciting as compared to the other sports just because such crazy things can happen. And the fact that they've completed these Hail Marys, two of them in playoff games. One of them in a playoff game to send it to overtime, I mean which they eventually lost, but the one this year against the Giants in the playoff game, I mean it it sort of the the, the game was a very close competitive game. They get that Hail Mary right at the end of the first half, and then the Giants, it just broke their spirit. And the Packers came out and just trampled them in the second half. It's unbelievable that you have a team that can complete these 60-yard Hail Marys at will. Unbelievable. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, what's more to be say? the stats, I could name a million stats about his quarterback ranking is so good, about how their offense is so good. If you watch one game where Aaron Rodgers is like not concussed and at his best, there's no stat you need to see. He's the most exciting quarterback in football.
1: Well, I think you guys both make a a, a very compelling argument. I, I mean, there's a broader point here, but specifically the Hail Mary thing. I think the only question is, is it actually, is that a sustainable thing? I mean, how, like, like, is he actually just really good at Hail Marys or is it just really like good luck? Because... It seems like a like a tough thing to be that good at because it seems so random. A, it seems like sort of random to be in that situation so many times, but then also, you know, the ball's just up in the air but, and but his players not, come down see, with it. But the
2: situation like, thing, it's a little different because it's like, it's kind of like Steph Curry with the like uh, buzzer beaters at half court. Aaron Rodgers, if they get the ball with 45 seconds left and no timeouts, they'll run a play from their 20 yard line. Other than But it's teams not just won't. because.
1: Th- Right. Right. No, that's true. And it's not just because they're down. I mean, he's done it, you know, at the end of the first half even. Right. Just yeah. Just to do it. Just to try and run up the score. Right. Absolutely.
0: Let me point out also that the Detroit Hail Mary, the first one there um, was thrown so high purposefully. um, There was definitely skill involved in that throw.
2: The one against the Cardinals. So this is like the classic thing. Oh, why don't you just run? eight guys and just blitz because the you know the stupid defense of like keeping eight guys back and rushing three never works arizona blitz they blitz eight guys aaron Rodgers runs to his left dodges two guys and on the run off one leg heaves a ball 70 yards in the air which is caught
0: well actually let me point out with the arizona hail mary that Uh, the play before was a 40-yard pass which was right that that's where the skill is the actual hail mary it was great mobility to get away and get the pass off but the catch on that one was the single greatest catch i've seen jeff Janis was running with his back to where the ball was coming from and if patrick peterson went anywhere else that was incomplete rob Rob, but he went to
1: rob rob Rob, it was
0: amazing i just want to point that out
1: that's way too much football talk and also the whole point of this is that it's not just about Aaron Rodgers, right? It's about the team and all those players on the team.
2: The downside is the defense is fucking terrible. So this is one of those teams where you are again watching and it's just pure frustration on when the defense is on the field.
0: We absolutely have to point out that as great as that Arizona back-to-back passes were to tie it up and send it overtime, the Packers lost the game two plays later. <laughs>
1: And I would say, I mean, that, that really goes into more the, like, are they too good or too bad? Because I think really it's about style of play. And I think that this is absolutely a style of play that I would like. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Just to say, like, one one thing, my point about the Hail Marys isn't that it's, like, fluky. I know that Aaron Rodgers and the other players on the team, they're still involved. My point is, what's going to happen next year is he's going to attempt a Hail mary. They're not going to complete it, and people are going to say, is Aaron Rodgers losing? And it's like, well, no, of course not. These are very, very hard to do, but still, 9 out of 10.
2: All right, 9 out of 10. Huge score. I mean, this run of four scores in a row, I think this is the peak, and we're moving into number 11, our penultimate ranking. What is interesting about this fan base? So the the Packer fan base has so much that's interesting, and I'm going to let Rob get into it as a fan who knows this fan base, but I'm just going to give you – A little bit of nuts and bolts here. So, the TV ratings, the rating share of the local market that tunes into Green Bay Packers games, if you average it out over the last three years, they are number one. Their share of people in Green Bay who, when the Green Bay team is on, they watch it, is 45%.
0: Uh, let me point out, here's where a strength of my being a fan who hasn't actually been to Green Bay is
2: I've been everywhere else. So well, are we, calling everywhere. This, are we calling this a bonus now that you've never been to the place well, where you're a fan? There, there, there is an
0: upside, Dan. Yeah, give me a little leeway here. Uh, is that I notice how many Packers fans there are everywhere else. You don't have to be in Green Bay to see Packers fans. You see them. I would say you see more Packers gear than any other team in random places. I was in Vegas for more March than Madness. I-, I was in Vegas for March Madness opening weekend, and I saw more Packers uh, gear than I saw. Eh- Every other NFL team combined, granted, it's a giant basketball weekend, but Packers fans are are everywhere. And so, Joe, being someone who likes people, likes meeting new people, this is a great in. You're going to see Packers fans everywhere you go. That has to be a big plus.
2: I think... Why do you think Joe likes meeting new people? I hate meeting
1: new (laughs) people. Rob, you do not
2: understand... the mechanics of how Joe is operating. You like you're, There's like we've seven got, people
1: in the world that I like.
2: We've got a great thing going here with this fan culture, and you had to go ruin it, talking about... No, Joe, you won't have to meet new people.
1: Okay, wait, 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 hold on. Rob, if I'm a Packer fan, do I have to interact with other human beings?
0: Well, I mean, you're going to interact with other human beings no matter which team you're a fan of. I- I'll ex- I- except the I mean, Browns. You're not going to so see any Browns fans now. anywhere.
1: Okay, so what's... um. What's the deal with the cheese heads, anyway?
0: Uh, cheese heads uh, came out. Some fan started put something together. I think it was the mm, I don't want to say. I put somewhere around ninety five or ninety six. Um, yeah, it, I believe it was shown on television. They had some kind of cheese type thing on their head. It got some got some media attention. Um, a local company started producing these foam cheese heads that just went. It's like it went viral before. Things were going viral. Um, Again, though... Green Bay viral. (laughs) uh, Again, though, cheesehead just sounds like an insult. I don't know why fans would purposely call themselves something that sounds derogatory.
2: They voted for Donald Trump, though, so...
0: That's what you get from a bunch of cheeseheads.
1: There you go. I think it fits perfectly. I mean, everyone likes cheese, right?
0: Well, there you go. Also, that's a big plus, I would say.
1: No, look, I mean, I think... The Packers are obviously a rabid fan base. I think, you know, we talked about these teams. And I think one thing that we haven't talked about so much, but I think it's a factor is like the other sports in that city. So obviously Milwaukee has other teams, but the comparison that we were making of like in St. Louis, right. St. Louis is a baseball town and in Washington You know, maybe the Washington Football Club is the number one team, but it's sort of been like supplanted now by the Nationals. And, you know, no one doubts that if you're in whatever half Wisconsin Green Bay is in, that whatever other teams you might root for, football is the number one thing. Packers are the number one thing. I think it's a very distinctive fan base. Well, you may not like the cheesehead thing, Rob. I think that on this podcast, we reward distinct fan culture. That's the number yes. one rule with this. We do, we reward something that you can say that is an interesting, unique thing about this fan base. And I think Green Bay has a lot of that. This is a 8 out of 10.
2: 8 out of 10.
0: Wow. I can't believe the fact that the thing about the fan base, including me being a fan, doesn't count against them. At least a point. You
2: have a whole category well, we already devoted gave them, to we, you. We already
1: gave them a zero for that.
2: Number 12. Rate the drink, Joe. What did you think of your Packer Punch?
1: So, you know, I think the point of this category, what am I going to be drinking on game day if I want to have a team-specific drink? I can't find Milwaukee's best here in Seattle. I'd have to get that imported by a specialty importer who would just be so goddamn confused about why I want that beer. Yeah, you know, this drink, I hated it for the first half of the podcast. And then I really liked it, and now I'm starting to hate it again. (laughs) It's a little too sweet. It (laughs) goes, it comes, and goes in waves. So I'm, I'm gonna say this is a uh, five out of ten. Right, right in the middle of the road.
2: This, the Green Bay Packers have had uh, the second half that the Falcons would have loved. I mean, (laughs) lay off the Falcons. The Falcons just needed a baseline. This is unbelievable. This is. Uh, unbelievable, nine nine eight nine eight, and then five. But still, the Green Bay Packers end up at seventy-seven and a half, wow. which is the fourth best. Wow, only wow. behind the Falcons, the Cowboys, and the Bengals. I mean, you love the ones where somebody's in person,
1: but that's even with Rob trying to talk me out of rooting. For I know.
2: Them. So the Bengals at seventy-eight, and then. The Packers slot in at 77.5, and and then a big drop all the way down to 72 for the Seahawks. But, I mean, we're right in the heart of maybe range. I mean, in order to not give them a maybe, you would have to just be bringing in pure animus against Rob to give them a no, which you're you're welcome to do.
1: Despite my dislike for Rob and despite a whole category that probably like we talked about with the Washington football club could have easily gone into negative territory. There's no doubt. There's a lot to like with the Packers. Absolutely worth revisiting. Absolutely worthy of a spot in the sweet 16. They are definitely moving on
2: the Lambo leap into the sweet 16. All right, folks, Is this podcast,
1: Dan, Dan, I've been thinking about it though. I have a fan poll.
2: Oh, what's the fan poll?
1: Okay. I feel once again, I feel so maligned with this can't root for a team that Rob roots for. We've a lot of the feedback has been why are you picking on this Rob guy? Why is this a category? Even Superfan Tony, our superest of super fans, has said he should he thinks that this should not be a category. So I would like to know officially <laughs> from the lounge Wow Is Rob a dick? A? Yes. B, no. C, not enough information. That's a fan poll.
2: All right. The Green Bay Packers have moved on, folks. For this one-time-only episode, if you're a super fan, that means this is at least the second episode you've listened to. Go to JoePixPod.com slash Secret Lounge. Vote in the VIP poll. Send us VIP emails. We want to hear it. If this is your first episode and you haven't listened to anything else, just go to JoePixPod.com if you want to send us feedback, send it at nfl at joepickspot.com. Tell us about the Packers or tell us about the future teams that we're going to do next week, which we get to pick right now. My favorite part of the entire podcast, Joe. What teams are we going to do? What are you,
1: what are you hoping for here, Dan? Any, and
2: we've already done. Anything uh, you're rooting for? I don't know. I, just something fun. Oh,
1: Dan, actually, before you do that, let me just say. Happy happy halfway mark!
2: Yeah, C- this congratulations. Is it. Once this is put up, we will have done sixteen out of thirty-two teams.
1: This would be such a great moment if Rob weren't here. <laughs> no,
2: well, uh, what better way to celebrate than drawing the Tennessee Titans next? And with that said, what Joe? Not the Tennessee Titans Our next. Two teams up are the New Orwin Saints and staying in the nfc north the minnesota vikings wow all right great that's gonna be a barn burner. two teams okay Burn
1: burner. awesome
2: we've got a uh super bowl champion in the last 10 years and we've got uh where randy moss you know got his start those were some exciting years like 10 years ago <laughs> dan i'm excited i can't wait joe rob great podcast.
1: Rob, thanks for being here.
0: Thanks. I would have liked to take more full advantage of one opportunity to defend myself, considering the 15 episodes which I've been unfairly maligned. But uh, you know, and the I'll 16 take what I can get.
2: more that are yet to come. But <laughs> the the experiment moves on. Rob, you've had your you've had your say. The lounge and the the our VIPs will have their say as well in the fan poll. So we all will see the results of that in this excruciatingly long podcast. See you, Joe. See you, Dan.